to the 19th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me, as always, is Roger Entner. How you doing, Roger? I'm great. How are you? Good. So this week, I thought we could talk a little bit about the mobile ecosphere. A lot of folks talk about the, there's been a lot of time talking about the carriers and the OEMs, but I think one of the most interesting things about how mobile works is really the chipsets that drive all these devices. Specifically, what I thought would be interesting to talk a little bit about was the merger between NVIDIA and ARM. Can you talk a little bit about kind of how these companies have traditionally operated in mobile and then kind of why this is specifically as an interesting area of focus right now and from a merger perspective? Yeah, well, NVIDIA is most known as, as a graphics card company. And that's how they started out and marrying software and hardware. You know, a lot of people bought their graphics cards because their, their drivers were always updated and making their cards faster and faster and faster. One of the things that they also then did is they realized uh, that a lot of the things that the processors that drive graphics cards are parallel processors and that they are really well suited for AI work and and hashing things like Bitcoins and things like that. So they introduced software for these CUDA cores, right? And with that, they became the dominant driver in, in AI hardware. And they're now driving most of the server-based and cloud-based, therefore, AI work. One of the things most people don't don't know, and ARM on the other side started out, oh my God, 35 years ago at, at the very beginning of the computer world. And they are making an instruction set on which processors are being built. You know, you have the x86 processor instruction set, which is complex, called complex instruction set. And Intel, AMD, and, and VIA are the three companies that have a license to do that. And so we have this race between typically AMD and, and Intel. ARM made something called restricted instruction set, risk, risk processors. And you need a lot more instruction sets, but they are a lot simpler and, and faster to execute. The advantage of, of risk and ARM is you can do things with not a lot of power. And the x86, and we all know it with our regular computers, are bigger and, and hotter because that instruction set needs a lot of power. And power meets heat. You can dissipate the heat in a, in a desktop, less so in a, in a laptop, as we all know and even less so in a in a handset that's why we don't have intel processors in our cell phones even though intel tried with their atom chipset which failed pretty spectacularly that's why arm runs basically in all of our handsets because you want to have a processor that's energy efficient and therefore puts out very little heat so with that every handset runs on arm chipsets basically and they all are getting into AI as well, because 
if you have a picture and you want to analyze it and see who's in it, do you want to do that on the device or do you want to do that in the cloud, which means you need a connection with it, bandwidth, all of the other things. So what we basically have in the computer industry right now is, because two are merging, right, is this fight between the x86, to a certain extent, NVIDIA, which is, if you have a top-end graphics card, they're very hot too, right? Then the AI in, in the handset. By the way, Apple is using also the, the ARM chipset, the Apple Silicon that's in the laptops that are being like praised for being really, really fast, very, very light and not hot and very quiet. That is using ARM instruction sets. So that, that stuff is coming and permeating through everything. Well, I think one thing that's interesting to, to talk through here, too, as we're going through this is the different business models between the way ARM operates. I think you mentioned this a little bit earlier. ARM really sells the blueprints on how to make these chips, but they don't make them themselves, whereas NVIDIA does make the chips themselves, correct? Correct. So... ARM basically develops the, the, the instruction sets and then sells it to everybody in an unbiased way, right? Everybody gets it. Whereas NVIDIA, they develop the instruction set, they, they develop the chip, build it themselves. The chips they sell to either use it themselves for graphics cards, for their clusters, for AI, or they sell them for graphics card to other companies, EVGA, MSI, you name it, right? But they, they don't give away their intellectual property. They sell hardware. And that's a really big difference in the business model of the two companies. But where this also is very important is we have this fight. Where does AI happen? In the server? in the cloud or on the handset, right? And we don't know that yet. And so we have- Or on the edge, or on the edge, right? Which would be the cloud, right? That, that, right. Would, be, that right. would be stuff that's being run on, on NVIDIA things. And I think there is a very healthy tension and competitive and, and creative and innovative tension if one is being owned by the same company, I don't know if you can actually have that same creative and, and development attention, right? Because if you're the CEO, the decision you will make is the one that's best for your company. And if the company can decide the two of them, they're going to decide wherever they make more money. Because here's the thing, for 20 years, I remember the very beginning with, with risk. It, it was pretty much ridiculed, right? Oh, this stuff is never going to get anywhere. Now, 30 years later, right? They're about to, to win the whole game. And it's that kind of long game that, that we need. And we need the marketplace to do that. So NVIDIA is trying to buy ARM, right? Yep. There's a number of different regulatory bodies across the world. So NVIDIA is a U.S. company. ARM is a uh, owned by SoftBank, but it's based out of the U.K., Yep. Right. So, so that's three separate geographies there, but these companies also sell yeah. everywhere in the world. Right. So yeah, presumably there's a lot of different kind of review that's going to happen in terms of whether or not this deal goes through. Can you talk a little bit about some of those pieces around who, who's going to have a say in terms of whether or not this merger goes through? Well, if, if we go down the list, right. 
we have Japan because it's SoftBank. Japan will say yes. There's no reason for them not to say anything. The UK will want to have assurances that there will be a substantial arm presence in the UK because the arm is like the premier technology company in the UK. If you listen to Boris Johnson, what makes Britain great? It's like that one company, in my opinion, and fruit pastels from Roundtree. But uh, anyway, then we will have the EU, right? They will look at it from anti-competitive things. Then we will have China, because if you sell a lot to China, they reserve their judgment here. In all likelihood, there's a very good chance, in my opinion, that China will block this or try to block it, because I don't think the Biden administration will be that much different to the Trump administration, but you would basically give that instruction set, which runs like this on which the huge Chinese handset industry depends on, right, into the hands of the Americans. Bad news, right? It would put them even more at within the, the regulatory regime from or, or political regime. In well, so, I mean, in fairness, right now, it's it's already in the hands of the British and the Japanese, right? But you're saying based on trade tensions between the U.S. and China, China would view a U.S. company buying arm is being much worse. Yes, because Japan and the U.K. have a lot less weight to throw around than the U.S. has. And the U.K. will need a lot more friends than necessarily, not that you never have enough friends, but the U.K. treads a lot more carefully. Now then we look here in the U.S., and uh, it will go through antitrust review here as well. And I can't escape the parallels, right, between this acquisition and Google and, and Facebook being accused of, of almost like predatory acquisitions that buys companies because they could become dangerous to the Facebook or the, the, the Google business model, right? And here we have exactly that thing. ARM can become very, very dangerous to NVIDIA's AI business. Right. And because they're doing the way they do this is so different from NVIDIA from a licensing versus selling the chip perspective. It's less about synergies at the company level and more about potential competition. Exactly. It's it's an expansion of the business model, basically. And and I understand why why Jensen Wang wants to buy ARM. I think ARM is one of the most interesting companies in the world. And you have so much technology inside of where, where the puck is going. And it also hedges, it hedges his whole company. He doesn't care anymore or he can influence where the puck is going, right? And you can't even prove it if he shifts money from one division to the other. And so it's a very, very substantial acquisition. So where is this going next? Well, where, where this is going next, the UK and Japan have started doing this, doing the review. I think the EU is about to start. Here in the US, I think it will take months. I think staff will start to review things, but we need a new attorney general. We need a new head of the competition bureau and antitrust bureaus, right? So all of these things will take time. 
So this could very well sit six months, nine months before anything happens, simply because of the political dimension of it. Right. And to your point, the future of how AI will be implemented either in the cloud or on the chip really kind of hangs in the balance. Absolutely. And I think the marketplace should should decide where the right place is rather than, than that. And it's going to be a very important benchmark case for how the Biden administration will look at, at technology mergers. Cool. I think that's all we have time for this week. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Thanks, Roger. Thank you.